Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. All you motherfuckers are gonna pay. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're gonna fuck your mothers while you watch and cry like little whiny bitches. We're gonna make them eat our shit, then shit out our shit, and then eat their shit that's made up of our shit that we made them eat. And then all you motherfuckers are next. Love, Jane Sound Bob. There is a possibility because I have a, a, a connection to the Schmodown, and Kevin Smith does the Schmodown. He might see this. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, he'll hear it. You know Tom. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he will see that we've done a podcast, and then he might take the additional step to hear the podcast. Right. Well, I mean, if he's listening right now, uh, call call me, baby. That was weird. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, there's going to be some critique here, obviously, but I think... This is the show. We've started the show. We've started the show. The show okay. has begun. I'm okay with it starting like this. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll get to... I, I, I just want to finish this. Yeah. I think we both kind of grew up on his movies, so any critique is coming from a place of ultimately l- like love for... You uh, know, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. For better, or for worse, he from, he from, made from the person grade, I am from seventh grade on. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith, and then uh, you know, a couple of years later, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were like the big right. reasons why I wanted to get into comedy and writing comedy and making like comedy movies and stuff. Right, folks. This is old Smith, new Smith. This is yes. A, this is a podcast where uh, myself and Tom. Hi, I'm David Bell. Hi, I'm Tom Ryman. There, we got that out of the way. We got we got a couple more things to do, but first, uh, yeah, this is a podcast where we're going to match up a old Kevin Smith movie with a new Kevin Smith movie. And in fact, what we're going to do um, is, uh, as you can see from the title of this one, which is Clerks slash Jay and Silent Bob reboot, we're going to take like the newest and the oldest, and we're going to keep moving inward from that. Yeah, uh, sort of like they're, they're mirror opposites. Were you to split the filmography of Kevin Smith along, I guess the timeline would be, it would it would be split at Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, right? So like everything yeah. after Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is on, is on the right side, which would be New Smith, and then everything before is on the left side, which is Old Smith, and you just kind of yeah. line them up. And uh, we're going to cover pretty much every movie, not every movie. Not every movie. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna kind of like put them side to side and arbitrarily, might I add, because it's not like this is a way to judge anything. Uh, we're gonna see how the two match up thematically and and you know uh, in terms of the skill and uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, this is brought to you by at Nerd Numbers. Uh, that is our Patreon producer what are, at are, Nerd Numbers. I'm, ass- I'm assuming Nerd Numbers are just numbers that wear glasses. Yes, I. Uh, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fucking yeah. We can bully these Doing fucking math. Geek oh yeah, numbers. You're, you're dunking these numbers in the toilet. Yeah, God yeah. yeah. Write my paper for me, nerd number. <laughs> um, I'm gonna and kick so you thank in the you. decimal point so hard. Yeah, thank you, nerd numbers. This is one of those times where like they came to us and they're like, "I want this," and it's like, "I want that too." That that actually seems like a oh, really yeah. fun M- podcast. Most, most of the most of the uh, Patreon uh, produced series we've done have been like that for me anyway. Yeah, where it's yeah, like no, they, no, they, no, they, for our, sure. Our, our 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 lovely, delightful patrons come to us and be like, "Hey, here's I want to buy this tier and I want to make this show." And we're <laughs> most of the time we've been like, "Yeah, we want to make this show too." <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is probably just the one that's most like, "Oh yeah, I can talk about Kevin Smith movies." Right, like, like I hardly I hardly need to rewatch them. I've seen them so yes. many times. The older ones. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about well, that. We will talk about that because that's another thing. Well, let's talk about that right now. Is that I think both of us his old films we've watched a lot more yes. than his new films. And that isn't really a judgment on his new films. It's just uh when you're young 
and you like a film, you watch it like 50 times. Uh, that's just a thing, right? As you're forming your personality, because I I discovered Kevin Smith in seventh grade. The first thing I saw was Mallrats, and that was it was in '95. Um, but I didn't see it in the theater. Um, so it's when you're like middle school, high school, and you're still forming your personality. Uh, your personality is just entirely the stuff you like, like what things oh, yeah. you like. That's your personality. So, yeah, I watched Clerks, Small Rats, uh, Chasing Amy, Dogma when it came out. But Clerks and Mall Rats definitely the most, just because it was on the the earlier half of the nineties. Um, anyway, it's yeah, I, you, I, I watch had the VHS movie. of it. Yeah, you watch them over and over and over again, and sort of you start to mold your personality around the things that you like because that's that's what teenagers do. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's that's kind of why I clung more to Kevin Smith's earlier stuff. And when he after Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, he he started to make more. Uh, ad- adventurous movies, at least for him, like he was going outside of what pe- of like the the typical view askew universe, what people knew him for. Um, yeah, it felt like he, at m- he multiple times he sort of uh, and often literally closed the book on the view askew verse. Uh, view askew verse, uh, sure, uh, and and so like. It was clear he was kind of being more experimental later. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like Red State. Um, he Tusk. he da- he dabbled with like more mainstream stuff too. Yeah, uh, Cop Out and Jersey Girl. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so yeah, it really does have to do a lot with the age we were. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's the one thing I always say about Kevin Smith movies is it's. Uh, often it's it's kind of like a lot of comedy where it's like you kind of had to be there. Uh, and it's if someone watches his movies now and they're like they're really dated uh, how could you like it and it's like no I can't really like I can't defend something that's like like watching uh, the the movie we're pairing this up with clerks the Jay and Silent Bob reboot is like that movie I watched it once and as a movie it's filled with so many fan references and it's so meta that it doesn't function as a movie and we'll certainly get to that but you know what i mean where it, this early stuff is functions a lot more as movies yeah um and it's there's a story still there's still a, a series of self-referential jokes exactly they're still of their time though and so like i don't know how young people perceive kevin smith i think i think he's a divisive filmmaker probably because Again, you either were shaped by his his work or you weren't. A lot of a lot of people, I would dare say, a lot of people our age were probably shaped by his work, at least in some respect. Which you can tell by just looking at like the early stages of internet comedy. Like we we both wrote for Cracked, and a lot of Cracked can be seen in Kevin Smith's movies. Uh, if you watch it now, it seems like. Like overly verbose, uh, deconstructive pop culture arguments. Uh, that was like really new when yeah. Kevin Smith was doing it. Like nobody, he was the one that was doing it. Like there wasn't yeah, really the internet at this point, at least not anywhere near what it is right now. I think the stuff that dates him is the stuff that dates people like Tarantino, and it's in the dialogue often. Yeah, um, where it is like it's like ah, oh, jeez. The 90s, 90s indie films. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, exactly 29 minutes into this movie, Clerks. So we can we can sort of start talking about Clerks a little bit. But I'm sure we're going to be talking about Smith in general for this first episode, at least. Um, that's a moment that changed me. And it's when they talk about the, the, the contractors. Yeah. At, yeah, the Death Star. Because that was the first time in my teenage years that I realized like oh other people just talk about movies like that and you can talk you can use movies as like a medium for being nitpicky for the sake of comedy mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that was basically what Cl- uh clerks what cracked was yeah is it's we're gonna talk about movies and it doesn't really matter it's just a medium a vessel to tell jokes 
Right. It's uh, it's you find something that's that creates a funny situation when when you think about it. when you think about it, it's something in terms of like a narrative, it's always moving forward, right? So like things will happen and you'll just leave it uh, behind because you the story needs to keep moving. The protagonists need to keep going forward towards the the end of the story. But right. like there's this was kind of the first time where you saw something like this on on a really large scale that was grabbing glomming on to one of those moments that are meant to be forgettable you're not meant to dwell on them yeah. uh and then just really dwelling on it for specifically for the purpose of making jokes not to bring the movie down but to like what right. were, who was working on the death it's, star was there were there daycare centers on the death star because <laughs> right. these families these, these these workers probably had families there's probably a zoo like i mean they make that gag in space balls but like, right. <laughs> but it is. I mean, that's that's what parody originally was too, which is yeah. deconstructing other movies. And like, ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's all fictional. Yeah. And treating it with that passion. And so I think Kevin Smith, like, there was a lot of this era of like slacker comedy, right? Yes. What Kevin Smith did, and what I think made him stand out, is that he was doing like nerd slacker comedy. He was doing Star Wars. He was doing, and th- this was back when, yeah, talking about Star Wars was actually a nerdy thing. <laughs> like, right. There was not. <laughs> uh, friend, there wasn't. Friend, friend of the pod, Jeff May. Uh, no, uh, Jeff has a bit. Uh, 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 he, has, he has a bit in his in his routine where he talks about being a Star Wars fan at this time, and he was like, it's, "It was not a good. It's not like it was today, where you can walk into Target and get a Star Wars shirt. <laughs> like, right? It was not cool to like Star Wars in 1993. Yeah. There hadn't been a movie in ten years. Right? Like pop, it was like it was culture. like yeah. yeah. He it, was. It, it he would say it's like being now. a being a Matrix fan in like 2012. Yeah, like it's just. Yeah, it's not cool. No one's, no. No one's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now pop culture is just. It is. You know. It it is in control. Stuff like comic yeah. books and Star it's, Wars, but it yeah. wasn't when this shit was being made. No. Uh. So. There's. Uh, that I think that's a part of. I think. <sighs> It's going to be interesting watching his later films with that in mind, um, because I think about like chasing Amy has a convention scene and it's like a little shitty convention, and I ber- believe Jan Bob reboot also has a convention scene and it's a big ass convention. Yeah, because that's that's how it would be now. Uh, so the point is that like he yeah he he was able to harness the slacker comedy. Um, and then also the idea that was very relatable, which was like, not only like you're sitting around, you're working a job, but you're also shooting the shit about bullshit. Yeah. And he honed in on, it's often, like I worked at a movie theater, I worked at a diner, I worked slacker jobs in my 20s, where we would sit around and talk about bullshit. Yeah, that's, um, all, that's all we did. Yeah. And it was often like just analyzing movies for dumb reasons. Yeah, because what else uh, are you going to talk about? It's it's you don't have any. Normally, you're not working with people you know, which is it's different in, in Clerks because Dante and Randall know each other and they know everybody. It's a small community, but like most of the time, you don't know the people you're working with, so you connect on so what movies you watch and you just start bullshitting about movies. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. So yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's a big influence along with a lot of other, because there was also the filmmaking influence, which I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but like I grew up on this and evil dead. And a lot of that was like, not only do I like these movies, but I, the, the filmmaking side, the, wow, they spent this much money and they were able to make a movie that succeeded. Yeah. Uh, that's wild. He, he's, he's strapping microphones on hockey sticks and holding them up like boom mics. That's so cool. You know? Yeah. It was, um, I, I found punk rock at around the same time and it had the same effect on me where it was like yeah. watching movies like this and evil dead and evil dead Two and like listening to punk rock. And it's like, I, I could do this. Like that was the right. other major formative part of this for sure is, is the realization that I could, it wasn't like this far off unattainable thing. It's like, no I, people like a, a person like me could actually do this. Right. Like, because Kevin, Kevin Smith is also the flair 
is in the writing, which yes. I think is, I don't think he started that. It's, it's like theater. His, these movies, like watching Clerks, there's so many long oneers. It, it's blocked. Uh, it's blocked like a like a play. Yeah. Yeah, and it really works. There's some stuff in this movie that really works. Like uh, I thought the editing really worked often. Um, and so, but it's 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 very straightforward most of the time, and yeah. it's just these flat setups, people like on sticks, and just people like yeah, uh, like you said, it's like a a play. Um, and it's just, we're, we're just focused on the writing. We're just focused on the dialogue. It's all about the dialogue. Yeah. Um, not much happens in this movie. That said, enough happens. It's formed like a narrative. Like he clearly, he dropped out of film school, but he knew how to tell a story too. Yeah. Um, so the things happen when they need to happen. And I think, wasn't he in a, like a sketch troop with his friends at school or something like oh he, i don't he, know he wrote a lot of sketches leading up to this yeah so it's a series of conversations that are unrelated with a narrative throughout that keeps it cohesive mm-hmm. and a and a character arc um several character arcs so i don't know i it's it's one of those where you go back and watch it uh, and you're like, oh yeah, I see why this killed it. I see that why this started his career. Um, that said, I hadn't watched this movie in a while, Tom. Mm-hmm. Mainly not not for any reason, but like for the same reason I haven't watched like Back to the Future in a while because the movie exists in my brain. <laughs> yeah, it's just forever in my brain. <laughs> yeah, like, I've seen it so many times. It's like Jaws almost. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, I, 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 although I, I rewatch Jaws all the time, but it's like I hardly need to. I can close my eyes and just play the entire <laughs> yes, film. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because I watched it so much. Yeah. Uh, that it's like, yeah, this what's it's it's there. It's 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 seared into me. Hmm. Um. So, had you watched this movie recently? No, it's it's probably been probably been ten years since I've watched this movie. Oh, okay. It's yeah, been a yeah, long about time. the same. Yeah. And again, for clarity, we're doing Clerks this round. For yes. the next episode, we'll be, do the Jane Silent Bob reboot, which Tom, I believe you haven't seen. I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I only saw it once, uh, and I I don't. It, it's been long enough that it's like uh, it's next time I watch it, it's gonna feel new. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, we, rewatching Clerks. I guess I want to start with what's what is dated. Um, well, the obvious one being the title cards. Yeah, the title cards, and that's an artifact of uh, if everybody. I'm sure everybody listening to this uh, podcast is is probably a Kevin Smith fan or has at least seen Clerks. Um, yeah. So a lot of you probably already know this. Or but is Kevin Smith. Or you might be Kevin Smith. <laughs> and like, I think Kevin Smith would agree the title cards are pretty it's a, it's It's a dated uh, art school thing. Yeah. And yeah. It, was, it, it was born of his initial idea for, from what he's talked about in commentaries and interviews about the film, where it was supposed to kind of, like the initial idea was to sort of mimic Dante's journey through Inferno. Right. Um, which is why the character's called Dante. Um, right. And then it was going to end with him getting shot and killed in the end. And that's the right, end. I'm can, sure most of you guys know this, uh, but the original ending was Dante getting shot. Yeah, it's uh, he throws the thing because we were closed, and then Dante walks away, and then he, he um, goes behind the counter, and he starts closing, and they do this really film school-y thing where the guy comes in, close-up of Dante's eyes, he's shot in the stomach, dies slowly, and then the movie ends... And I think, I forget who it was. Kevin Smith has talked about it. Like, this guy saved his ass. Some producer was like, you, you need to cut that. That yeah. needs to be cut. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an artifact of that art school thing where it's like, because this movie, we're going to talk about the themes of this and how it relates to the, to, the, to the movie we've paired it with, which I think it's a lot of ennui, obviously, right? Like, it's, you know, my life's going nowhere. I, I, what's my purpose? I think um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of coming of age comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, just having seen the Jan and Bob reboot, I I will say it. Uh, it's about Jay's daughter. Uh, rather, Jay discovering he has a daughter, I believe. 
Okay. Um, and so there's like the one, the dynamic that I forget, I always forget about in this movie, Clerks, is there is a like Gen X versus Boomer dynamic. Yeah. Where the customers are these fucking boomers who are so entitled and they're, and they're like, and, and they, well, it, rather they're framed as being entitled. Yeah. And then Randall's arc is actually like, what makes me better than them? Like, why am I treating them like this? Um, and so like that, that is like, that is the whole thing. It's the slacker thing. It's the, it's the no direction. It's what Clerks 2 is also about. Yeah. It's about being at a time in your life and feeling like you're stalled. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like this movie was initially a, a meditation that was really melodramatic where it was like obviously Dante is supposed to be Kevin Smith himself because he worked at this convenience store. Right. And it was like, oh, I'm stuck in this place. If I stay stuck in this place for too long, I'm going to die. Um, right. At least that's my reading of that. But so, yeah. so like a lot of it seems... With that ending cut, the title cards really seem strange. <laughs> yeah. And with that ending, it was such, it's such a, that's the thing is that as a coming of age story and as like a being stuck, but there's hope, that's how you, that's how you end it. Mm-hmm. You end it with, and then the day continues, we're closed, throwing the thing. Like it's such a natural ending that yeah. it's so bizarre. It's, o- it's so obvious. To have yeah. them shot. It's, it's one of those things, you know, I, we, we talk about it a lot. Like, I know you and Jason have brought it up before on the, the why blockbusters bore, and we've talked about it on other things, but like, you yeah. know, in the sixth sense, Bruce Willis wasn't a ghost until like the fourth or fifth draft. Like, right. sometimes you don't see the forest for the trees <laughs> yeah. right away. Also, it's one of the things you learn post-production for, I, at least I learned in film school, was the, and I'm sure this applies to a lot of art. Oh, this this applies to writing for sure. Yeah. Is like, it's the kill your babies thing. It's the sometimes if there was a shot that you're like, man, we worked so hard. It took all day to get that shot. And you're in the editing room and you're like, you have to accept sometimes like, I have to cut that shot. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just like, it's not working. It's not working. I'm going to cut it. I can't think about how much work it took. Yeah. It's the yeah, it's the the kill your darlings phrase if you've if you've heard that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's so, sometimes it just doesn't become uh, like yeah. I, I can imagine watching the original cut of the film and being like when Randall throws the sign at him and says you're closed. Like that's the clear. Like that must have just when you're watching it's so perfect. Yeah, you're just, oh well, that's the ending right there. Yeah, like the the ending of him dying is such a weird. Right. Yeah. It may have always made sense in his head while he was writing it, but that's not the movie he wrote. Right. And it's like he's in a way he was lucky that it was so modular where like the year close scene is like all the arcs are completed. Yeah. Um, and it would have been a real bummer if like this the later ending had some of that it like bled into it you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. oh, it was like and it but wasn't it's so just much- a simple editing thing to yeah. cut it. Yeah, because all that you do is you just cut the end. That's yeah, it. That's it. Um, yeah, so the general, I guess for people who haven't seen Clerks, um, it's, it's again, old school indie idea, which is um, the whole movie is just about one day. Um, and it's about, um, you know, a clerk getting up. He's not supposed to work that day. The ball, boss calls him in. And it's about he's supposed to leave at noon and the boss ends up being in like Vermont. He goes to uh, Vermont for no reason yeah. without. Well, I don't know for no reason, but he doesn't tell Dante he's going to Vermont. Yeah. So it's essentially a series of vignettes with them and customers ran uh, or Dante. And then the video store next door run by Randall, his friend, who is, uh, you know, he's like the fuck up uh you know he's, he's the bad influence he's the he's the id he's the everybody yeah. who's worked a service job like this w- dreams of doing what randall does right he's also immediately right um he's he's the antagonist by the way like he is yeah. he's the person he creates who all causes the conflicts the yeah. yeah but he also he immediately because we learn pretty quickly that dante is torn between veronica his his current girlfriend and Caitlin, his high school girlfriend, and Dante uh, sort of has this attitude where everything happens to him. Um, they also very quickly, I noticed, established that Dante is a very capable person. 
like he um yeah he opens up the shop no problem he opens up the shop he's clearly done this a million times he should be manager he's doing stuff like um like he's uh shit he calls the locksmith Mm-hmm. about the locks like he's trying to so he he he's irritated and it's clear that like yeah he's sort of uh he's better be doing than this a lot job. more yeah, yeah. yeah he's better than this job but yeah immediately uh randall's just like you know you should pick veronica that you gotta get over this caitlin Bree situation it's part of it's part of the it's not really a metaphor well i guess it is but it's it's part of the idea that dante is is stuck and he's like regressing like he's, he's, yes. he's clinging to his high school days, which are represented by Caitlin. And then it's, yeah, Veronica, the, the future's uncertain, but she's, she's, she's a good, positive influence. Uh, I don't know. She's trying to get him to, to quit the convenience store and go back to school. Right. Like it's, he has the, the means to move forward in, in front of his face, but he's, he's just kind of this, he's, he's dragging his feet. Like he's a slacker. It's a slacker movie. Right. And this is, by the way, all introduced in about 14 minutes mm-hmm. uh, of the film, which I thought was very well done. And La- Randall shows up about 18 minutes in. By about 20 minutes in, it's clear. We know everything. What- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which isn't, like, revolutionary, but it's just very, he does a good job with that. Um, it's it's remarkably efficient for a first feature from somebody with, like, no filmmaking background, really. Right. Um, and then, yeah, again, Randall keeps kind of saying the truth. He's just such a, he's just such a shitty friend that it's it's kind of hot hidden in there. Like when he spits on the guy and he's like, "I'm the master of my own destiny." Um, like he's not wrong. <laughs> it's stuff that Dante needs to hear. Yeah. Because again, yeah, like like what you said, he's he has the everything happens to me attitude. It's like, well, you can take action. Like you can do stuff. You don't have to sit here just because it's. You can leave right. this job. There's also, um, of course, a a a thread where he is decided to be mad at Veronica for what's frankly very like prudish and childish reasons, uh, which is the fact that she sucked thirty seven dicks. Yeah, uh, which I, that's in, look. It's intentional, right? Because it comes right after yeah. he takes a like he admits. He tells Veronica yeah. that he's slept with twelve women, and she smacks him. He's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an extreme reaction to have." Like, like who are you? Right. It's, but then, it's, like, he's immediately like eleven times more judgmental when he yeah. hears how many people she's been with. I feel like it gets lost in the meme of thirty-seven. At thirty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, because the, it the, does have one of my favorite punchlines where he says to a random customer, 37, my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks, and the guy says, in a row? My favorite uh, thing about that is is the guy's delivery coupled with the fact that he's buying a king-size package of Pampers. Yes. Some of the some of the customers, and they're all they're, like the same three people. Right. And I know it's, it's intentional. David Klein, but, it's David Klein, the cinematographer, Walt Flanagan, and um, Scott Mosier. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say they're all if if I I think he point I think Kevin Smith points it out in the commentary. But if you watch, they're all buying like crazy things. Yeah, uh, the thing the first I'd never noticed this one before is that when Silent Bob comes in, he buys a thing of sugar, and it's like, what the fuck does he need that sugar for? It doesn't. Um, that was the one that I hadn't noticed yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> um. God, yeah. There's, uh, and then of course there's the try not to suck any dicks on the way to the parking lot. Yeah. Hey, you get back here. Yeah, it gets, it does get lost in the, in the gags of the scene. But yeah, the, the, right. po- the point is, is he's he's the asshole. He's wrong, and it's it's yeah. it's like this idea of him still being childish. It's like what right, what, exactly, what is it what does yeah. it matter? And then like Randall's giving him shit for it, um, and her. He's he's teasing her about it, but like. We learned that Randall told him, like, she's like, you had to tell Randall? And he was like, well, I had to tell somebody. And she's like, and what did he say? He said, and and then Dante's like, well, he said it doesn't matter. They're all dudes I'm never going to meet anyway, so what do I care? First he says, he said at least he wasn't 36. Yeah, at least Um, I wasn't 36. I would say, I don't think it gets lost to the jokes. I think it got lost to time. Yeah. Because there's, like, lines where he says, why couldn't you just sleep with him like any other decent person? Right. It's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. 
about Snowball, played by Scott Mosher. Played by Scott Mosher. <laughs> killing it as Snowball. Snowball's a character where it's like, oh, I've met like four Snowballs. Yeah, I've hung out with Snowball <laughs> yeah, before. People who are just so burnt out. I love the scene where... Uh, isn't the is the guy who throws the who's the guy that throws the hockey ball away? Isn't isn't that also that's Scott Mosher? Yeah, I was that's say, Mosher isn't that also Mosher? Yeah, they just shaved it. It's like the Evil Dead where like Ted Remy shows up all the time. Yeah, it's Scott Mo- again. Scott Mosher, Walt Flanagan, and David Klein. Those are I believe the three that are like they just constantly they're the fake shimps. Yeah, you know they just show up when they need a dude. Yeah, they um, usually shot from behind, wearing a hat or some their hair combed a different way. Yeah, but, I think Walt Flanagan is like, he's like the first guy who asks for the cigarettes. He's the um, egg guy. He's, he's the, the guy that guy. gets offended when they're talking about nudie booths. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the Scott Mosier's yeah, definitely Snowball, definitely that guy. I think he's got a few more. I know David Klein, I believe, is the Pringles guy, which was uh He's just doing <laughs> he's just doing Bill Murray from Caddyshack and yeah. I didn't I didn't <laughs> notice that until this watch. Um well oh, I was I was just gonna funny. point out in the scene where uh, they they're up on the roof playing hockey and uh snowball and, and some other random customers show up and ask if they're open and they lean down and shout no <laughs> it cuts back to them and it's the stupidest joke but snowball just hauls ass in a yes, random direction <laughs> snowball all right like i get the they they set up jay and so it's like the craziest thing, because we haven't even talked about Jay and Silent Bob, and the craziest thing is they show up seven minutes in, they're introduced with a title, and it's almost like Kevin Smith knew, like, these are the characters, like, this is these are the characters that are going to continue more than anybody else. Um, and we definitely should talk about the arc of what happens to Jay and Silent Bob, because they essentially are cartoon characters. They are yeah. literally cartoon characters later. Um, but Jay and Sal and Bob have become, you know, they're Cheech and Chung. Um, and this is them at their grittiest. Yeah. Um, and it's not that much different. I would say um, the use of homophobic slurs, very mm-hmm. dated. It's, but, yeah, yeah. But the character of Jay, it's like, it's it's like, yep. <laughs> He's... I've also met that person. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Jay is more less of a lovable character. He's more he's one. more of the dude, and I think I read it was either this movie or Mallrats, where like this cast was afraid of him. Uh, it was probably Mallrats. I know they were trying to recast. They him tried to recast him with Brecken Meyer and Mallrats. I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. that in Mallrats. Yeah, and Seth Green was considered. Uh, there was a few people. Uh, he's just, it, he's one of those dudes that it, it's it's most apparent in Clerks. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's not the lovable character. Uh, we've a bunch of us have probably like I've definitely hung out with this guy before too. This guy is scary in real life. Yeah, <laughs> like, like well, he's okay. he's funny, but he's also like you wouldn't want to hang out with him by yourself. <laughs> right. It feels like he would go to jail for uh, a. Uh, a dirtbag crime later right he's like a really intense dirtbag he's funny but like he's, he's way more of a dirtbag in this one. right that said there is a certain something to say about that arc because i knew people who were like when we were teenagers was like that's the drug dealer you mm-hmm. get drugs from him and then i got to know them later in life and it occurred to me like, oh, they're putting on an act. Yeah. Uh, and I would be, I became friends with them later and they were very sweet people. Um, so you could argue that about him. And I, you know, the true story behind Jason Muse is that Kevin Smith, he's not an actor. Kevin Smith found him. He was actually really bashful. I know the dancing scenes he refused to do in front of a crew. He was like too embarrassed. So Kevin Smith had to like set up a camera and was just like it's just me and you buddy yeah. <laughs> so like yeah he's he's a caricature yeah. you know he's he of did, a yeah of something that he sort of was at the time and of course there's a whole arc to jason muse and drug addiction and getting over that and that's sort of what the will explore i think in the reboot mm-hmm. uh but yeah this is definitely the grittiest version yeah yeah this is the most intense jay has been and he's still you know he's still like a a likable character it's just he's he's intense in this one yeah he well he's likable it's the same as like randall where like they're not really they're not supposed to be 
people you want to hang out with. They're likable in the sense of you're... They're you're entertaining watching, as movie they're characters. They're entertaining, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's the way you, to put you, it. You, you would keep your distance from, from a guy like Jay, and then Randall would be a, just a constant pain in the ass. <laughs> He's just, he yeah. is just chaotic. He just does yeah. things. He makes decisions for Dante and then just does them. Yeah. The thing that gets forgotten from this movie is that Jay and Silent Bob aren't the only scumbags. Uh, Snowball, obviously. But also, like, the, that weird Jersey chick with Olaf. Um, oh, yeah. Who has also one of my favorite fucking lines, which is, did he say making fuck? I love uh, that. I love that actress and that scene. She's that so whole, good. That whole scene is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, the, his band called "Fuck Your Yankee Blue Jeans" Fuck your Yankee or some Blue shit. Jeans or some shit. And they're like, "What do you say?" I don't know, but this guy's a character. Oh no, uh, this guy's a character. Olaf is fucking uh, amazing. Oh shit. Um, God, another character that I always forget about that actually really plays into the editing is the cat. Yeah. Um. One of my favorite editing beats is later because, I, again, we, we don't really need to go through the story, right? Um, no, it's 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 Dante bitching and moaning about how everything terrible happens to him and he doesn't realize that he's the engineer of his own suffering. Um, right. Or the architect of his own suffering, rather. Uh, so he basically he, ends up fucking up two relationships. Um, yeah. Yeah. The inciting incident is he learns Caitlin Bree is going to get married in the newspaper uh, and then she shows up. It's almost the reverse of Clerks 2, uh, where she's, like, going to get married. Uh, and then and then they start, they decide to form a relationship again. And it's, like, very clear that this is, he's going down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And then sort of, uh, I don't know, fate intervenes when Caitlin Bree fucks a dead guy uh, in the, uh, well, Rand- in the uh, bathroom. Yeah, Randall also tells Veronica about it. Yes. Well, that's what happens next. Mm. Caitlin fucks a dead guy. Yeah. Uh, Snowball goes in the ambulance with her. <laughs> he sure does. Was very funny. He sure does. Um, and that's like the third act. That's like the d- the down. You know, it's like the, the darkest the, part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't. Uh, it's 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 funny. Like the idea of it's kind of funny, but they treat it. I I'm al- I always forget kind of how seriously they treat it. Yeah, because it's a serious thing to it's happen. It's a serious thing. Right, it's it, on paper you could see, and in the fact that it's in a Kevin Smith movie, you could see like a gag like that being like just an over the top joke you'd see in the hangover or right. something, you know. This is it's set up by an old guy comes in and yeah, he has to use the bathroom. A, that's and an this, incredible sequence. I was about to say he kills That it. guy rules. He's so good. Uh, and he he slowly and it's it's showing that Dante is a pushover and it kind of again he creates his own problems ultimately not that he would have known this was going to happen no but he's like can I use your bathroom and he's like uh, it's not for customers but sure he's like can I have something to read and, and well he's he asked like, for toilet paper but yeah it's it's, paper, it's an escalation kind of, yeah yeah and he asked for the porno mags and he's like fine <laughs> but fine, then he here. wants a specific one yeah. They got bitter, bigger titties in there. Uh, bigger says. titties in that. Like he talked. Yeah. <laughs> he ta- yeah. He, he's. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's got the old. Ra- he sounds like Zoidberg. He's got the old New York rabbi voice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, he's so good. Yeah, so yeah. Kills he, it. We just forget about him for the film. Yeah. And then. And it's, yeah, it's Caitlin. A, it's a. It's actually a good. It's a. It's setup. A, it's a good setup because we do legitimately forget about him. Yeah, and then there's a part about the lights don't work in the bathroom, and the beautiful, like the the beautiful thing about the way the dialogue works is that he can sneak exposition by just having it part of a larger conversation. Right. So like they have a whole conversation about that, and it just feels like anything else. And then she thinks it's Dante, and she fucks this dead guy, uh, and she's traumatized. Like yeah, they tr- they treat they treat her reaction. Uh, yeah, it's it's very it's very serious. They treat it very it's, seriously. Surprisingly, they do it they do it seriously, or rather, the characters the characters treat it seriously, do it seriously, and then they wheel out a corpse funny. with who's pitching a giant tent. Yeah, <laughs> and she has she has the line of like, "I didn't just fuck myself." Yeah, when they're like, "It wasn't me." Yeah. Um, and so it it takes her out of the movie, but it doesn't solve the problem. And then yeah, Randall 
is like, you need to shit or get off the pot. You need to do something. Uh, and he realizes Dante's not going to do it for himself. So he goes and breaks up with Veronica for him while Dante um, realizes that he's in love with Veronica because Silent Bob uh, shows up and gives him the, there's plenty of fine looking women out there, but most of them won't bring you lasagna at work or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he says, most of them will just cheat on you. Um, and so like this encapsulates Randall in both, in almost every movie he's in or well, in Clerks 2 as well, which is that he has the right idea, but he ex- the execution is terrible. Yeah. Like, he's always the person who knows what Dante needs. He doesn't know how to give it to him, and he tries and always fails. So he fucks it up for Dante, and then they fight. It's like the climax. Um, and that's where, by the way, my favorite editing move is the cat reaction shots to that. Yeah. And I love also close-up of randall's hand grabbing a piece of bread close-up of dante's face getting hit with bread yep and it's like so ineffective yeah it's like such a weak hit too it's yeah, a very, yeah, yeah it's very funny yeah um but they they set up they set up the they also plant the idea that that caitlin has sort of done this before in just a random piece of dialogue what fucked a dead guy? Well, wa- remember he says when he says she cheated on me nine and a half times. Oh, right, where she walked into a room with him and it was dark, dark and, and she thought, assumed yep. it was someone else. Yep, you're right. That's really there. Yep, yeah, it's they in did there. a good job setting that up. It's in there, up. baby. Plant and payoff. Plant and payoff. <laughs> and again, it's just a very simple. Yeah, it's, conversation it's, this that is basic. It's basic shit. It's just you know when you see it in a, a, I don't know. It's 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 one of many reasons why you you watch this movie and you're like, okay, I see why this gave him a career. Yeah, no, he's doing all the work. It it keeps your attention. It's yeah. not just a series of and that's a uh, nothing conversations. It goes I, somewhere. You have to. I think it's a, a thing to keep in mind is is convincing because this is a movie that he essentially made with his friends. Um, yeah. I think the only professional actors in the movie are Dante and Veronica, I think. Um, yeah. They are, it's, it's, it's in black and white. It's a lot of, he's not a terribly, uh, he's not a terribly dynamic director. He tends to just park the camera. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of long stretches of dialogue. It's in black and white. It has no movie stars in it. This is a tough sell for audiences, but the fact that you can sit there and just like the movie holds your attention, it's paced really well. It the editing does a lot of work. You're absolutely right. Like it knows when to cut away to something else in the middle of one of these long things, for example. It's again very yeah. basic stuff, but it knows how to keep the audience from getting bored because it's it's this is a tough offer for for a mainstream audience to to uh, uh sit through um yeah so it's, for sure. a, you, a, a lot of that has to be like like it's it's really impressive that he was able yeah. to make such a watchable comedy well out, i think out this, of this this was an era where we were looking at indie films where miramax was going i think this strong. was like i think this was right as miramax was exploding yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this so, was like, one of the ones that 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 made it, right? That like, I get, made yeah. Miramax. I get why this would be something that people glom onto at festivals and stuff because of all those, all all those things we're talking about, where it's like it's so charming mm-hmm. in its simplicity, but it is an extremely effective film. Yeah, uh, and it is easy to forget that. Yeah, um, that. The way the way the film is constructed, um, it's just about a, a guy and his friend, and there are emotional arcs throughout. Uh, but they're there, and they work. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I really get it. Yeah. Um, no, it makes sense. It's, <laughs> but I mean, it's like you can tell. It's interesting to go back and watch the first films of a lot of like uh, directors who who had to kind of cut their teeth on the extreme and like you know you go back and watch like blood simple and you're like oh you can this is a cohen ass movie right here <laughs> like you can see that it's the oh cohen yeah brothers. and like um i watched uh mike flanagan's first film uh, absentia um which he like financed through kickstarter um right. and it's really rough around the edges but you watch the movie and you're like oh this is a mike flanagan ass movie like i can i can tell that that he's gonna 
be somebody, you know. And you and you watch Clerks, you get that same. Even though Clerks is is really simple, it's just it's it's very it's very well executed. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. And it, yeah, it definitely paints a picture of like where he's heading and the type of movies he's going to make. Um, for the most part, I'm excited to talk about stuff like Red State. Uh, mm-hmm. Even Dogma, to an extent, even though it's Dogma, more, on, more in this Dogma I mean, in my, it's hard to make this judgment, but Dogma is probably his best movie. I th- I would um, agree, I would agree with it. it's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's the most realized movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I all right, I want to get into uh, broader themes. Yeah, um, one that stuck out at me that's very very dated and very Gen X. Which is the anti anti smoking? <laughs> there's there's the cancer merchant guy, but then later he gets fined, and they don't even like ask for evidence. Like they're just like it's such a straw man, where it's like you sold cigarettes to a child, which Randall did. Yeah. Um, but he's just like you can't contest this in court. We're not even looking for evidence. Like here it is. Bye. I mean, and it's that's... just very funny that there's a, a little bit of that throughout. Yeah, I, th- I, th- yeah, I think that, um, um the, yeah, that was definitely a Gen X idea that that I forgot about, um, because it's so close to boomers, like, or, or yeah. it, where it's just the mentality of you can't tell me what's good or bad for me, like I'm, we're all gonna die someday, you know, or it's, right. it's like, why are you trying to like, I don't know, it's it, it is a weird, um, a a, a weirdly. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's a weird synergy between. Yeah, Gen it's X. still funny. It's yeah. still funny. I like one of my favorite background character lines is when the guy, <laughs> the the guy drumming up the Chulis gum yep. representative, is like he smells the changes coming, and you hear a background guy go, "You can smell it." Uh, <laughs> There's a bunch of fucking heroes yes. in that smoke scene. Smoke my big fat cock. Yep. Yeah. Smoke my going. big fat cock. It's just a. You don't even see the guy. It's yeah. just. Every every random line that's being thrown out by that crowd is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, uh, the probably the most depressing detail of this movie is that cigarettes cost less than two dollars. Um, in if you look at the prices oh, in yeah. the background, it's like one eighty nine. It's like fuck. Ninety three, um, man. Ninety three, man. Uh, I, I assume it was because this movie was released in ninety four, so I assume it was filmed in ninety three. Yeah. Um. Uh. And so I, I think we touched on the bigger thing, which is uh, being, being, which is relatable yeah, to now, which is having more potential and being stuck in a job that you absolutely hate. Yeah. Um, the difference is the the conflict in this is that Dante's his own worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, whereas nowadays it's more like I this is the it's, the economy is the enemy it's systemic. Yeah. Yeah, so things have only gotten more gate kept uh, in the past in the intervening twenty five years, right? But it's still an important idea to talk about, which is yeah. uh, the self fulfilling prophecy Dante is stuck in, mm-hmm. where he he's not he feels like the deck is stacked against him, so he's not even trying. So why try? Yeah, yeah, uh, and they're both versions of nihilism, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Him and Randall, uh, where Randall is rather like, uh, you know, I'm everything's shitty. I'm gonna hate everything. Well, Randall uh, is more. Um, Randall is less afraid of consequence. Like Randall is, I think, part of the idea of his character is, is uh, you know, in contrast to Dante, who is so terrified of consequence, he won't make a decision. Uh, right. Whereas Randall will do absolutely anything that comes into his mind because he doesn't care about the consequences, <laughs> and neither one of those is good. But uh, it's like they they kind of like there's like a symbiosis there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they're. Well, I was gonna say they're bad for each other, but Randall is trying. Like there's there's the friendship arc too, which is like they work for each other. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't, I in don't, this weird way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I agree that they're bad for each other. No, I, no. It's 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 it. That's I think the reveal, and that's what's in Clerks too as well. Yeah, is that on the surface level they seem toxic, but they're not. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like they keep each other accountable, basically. 
Yeah, which the movie shows where he's like, wrangle for me. Yeah. <laughs> At the end. And he just wrangles <laughs> on out the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, uh, any other thoughts about Clerks as a movie? No, it still, it still mostly works. And it's um, the thing that still continues to um, sit with me watching it is that you know, both in, I mean, the, the script does him a lot of favors for sure, but uh, like yeah. Randall's the clear star in this movie, right? Brian, o, not Brian O'Haran, um, Jeff, Jeff Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Like he, you, you watch mean, the he, movie, he's the standout. Um, yeah. And he never movies, really did anything after this. Like he wasn't, well, he, it's like he wasn't interested in it or something. I don't think he is. I think Kevin Smith, I think there's some weird stuff between them that I'm not, I haven't looked into, and it's frankly none of my business. It's none business. of my business, yeah. Yeah. They do know um, each but, other personally before the movie. Yeah. Um, I think originally Kevin Smith was going to play Randall, that, I believe. I believe he said that in the commentary, yeah, that he wrote yeah. that part for himself initially. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jeff Anderson's killing it. The thing that, all right, this is what I was going to say. We're not going to be covering Clerks 2, I don't think. The I don't way think our so. Yeah, I don't think thing so. works. And it's probably surprising to some people that we're not pairing the two, but the way the pattern we're doing, I think is going to end up working really well for some of the episodes and then not as well for some of the others. Yeah. Um, for example, spoilers, Dogma and Red State will match up. And those are two films about... About religion. Religion. Yeah. Um, and they're one's way darker than the other, um, but they both have dark stuff to say. Um, but one, like, the one thing I'm like, regretful about not having clerks too is talking about them as performers because they're definitely this is a rough around the edges like a lot yeah. of the dialogue feels sweaty in this one and it's not necessarily because of the dialogue the writing it's because it's a very hard thing to perform and yeah and you have a lot of you, amateur actors in it right and then you get to clerks too and both brian o'halloran and jeff anderson you can tell, like, oh, they really fucking learned a thing or two. Like, they're good in this film. Don't get me uh, wrong. They're they're okay. Dante, like, Dante uh, is not great in this film. Like, I think yeah. I think Randall is the only one. Like, Randall and Jay are the only one who sound are the only members of the main cast who feel natural. Even Randall at times feels like he's reading a script. Though. A little bit, like, yeah. Uh, like, a little bit, yeah. and. I don't know if this is about Kevin Smith as a director. I don't know where, or it's just money and time, you know, maybe it was just money and time. Mm -hmm. uh, but clerks too, you can really see like yeah. how they've grown. Um, and uh, Jeff Anderson steals the show in clerks too. Yeah. Steals it. And it's, it's wild that he didn't have a career for sure. Uh, it's wild that they both didn't. I don't think they, yeah, I, it, I don't know what it is because you'd think they'd at least be in a few things uh, at first. And I know they are. He's in, you know, uh, Brian O'Halloran's in Vulgar. Yeah. Remember Vulgar? <laughs> yeah. The logo at the beginning of this, by that the way. That title like, card. Oh, right. I that totally title forgot. title card. What yeah. the fuck is that? Yeah. It's the View Askew that is clown. Vulgar the clown. My God. <laughs> yeah. Start and your like, movie there's... off with a pedophile clown. Yep. There was there was a lot I think after this there was some spin-off USQ movies. What was it? Drawing Flies? Is that the um one about Sasquatch? Uh yeah. That I watched that they never they like VSQ as a studio never hit it off, I don't think. No, no. Um but uh But yeah, it I don't I don't I, I don't know what the story is there. I know they were like local actors and I think they continued to do stuff like that and they must just not be interested um yeah you would i don't know it's, it's i don't know it's dante odd. is brian o'halloran is in uh uh the happening he sure is yeah for one scene you see his eyes you see his eyes yeah it's very strange <laughs> yeah it's an odd one yeah i know that was shot around new jersey so that's why um oh that's final thing i want to say about clerks when i was in my 20s i went to the quick stop i visited it yeah, you and uh, yeah, RST video. Um, the the crazy thing about it was that when we visited, the guy was late at the video store, and we couldn't go in. 
uh, and it was like, oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, this uh, this is uh, actually this is actually better for my trip. Yeah, we also and I have this on video somewhere. As we rolled up, two kids playing street hockey rolled by. It was like it was it was like they set it up. <laughs> uh, it was so weird. It was like it was a, like, oh. like a Disneyland ride. Yeah. So like I guess that is it's a very accurate portrayal sure. of this one area. Yeah. Um it was very interesting. Uh it was it was cool to get to see that. I went to Jane Bo- Silent Bob's secret stash. I went to the funeral home and they kicked us out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it does. They yeah. were very they were not happy about us being there. They no, were very patient. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. All right. So let's get into technically our next section. It's going to be quick. Let's, let's talk about how we think this is going to match up to the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I think it's going to match up pretty closely. Like it's, if he hasn't evolved too many of, uh, he hasn't really evolved the main theme of, of his view askew movies, which is right just kind of i think he's talked about like clerks as being like his before series like the before sunset series where it's just it's about being at a specific stage in your life where you don't know what's next um and it seems like that is pretty much the theme of every single movie leading up to jay and silent bob strike back like all the view well yeah except for one less so dogma yeah yeah dogma that's that's, the weirdest thing but that's part of dogma because she's she's having a crisis of faith, and that's related right. to this theme. Yeah, it's just funny how Dogma is probably his consider his best film mm-hmm. is though the most unlike the rest of them. Yeah. Um. Um. So I think Jay and Silent Bob reboot is going to be a similar theme of just these characters later in their lives, but still they've hit another point where they're just like, well, here we are. Uh, things don't haven't really changed much is this going to be all there is for me what comes next and then you you let slip that there's the additional detail of jay has a daughter so that's probably going to trigger a lot of these of these thoughts yeah Um, well i think i think the dynamic is always ambition versus friends and family yeah where it's like you have lofty ambitions you think you're gonna be something or or you've or it's the opposite where you're just nihilistic because you're like happy you're you're happy to not be something you don't have to be great and it's about finding connections with the people around you and realizing how you fit in the world yeah i think that's one uh, of the things I, that's definitely a big thing in clerks too it's one of the things i actually really liked about it is that yeah it's like it's 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 further continuing the theme of dante is always being told what he should be um, where it's like Randall's like, well, why can't why can't we just be what we are and, and be happy? Isn't this enough? Right. It's both. Clerks 2 is, is tricky because it is a little bit of a bummer to know that these characters didn't evolve since Clerks. Not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the point of it is, for spoilers for Clerks 2, they end up buying the quick stop and running it, and they, it's, again, they find their place in the world. Yeah. They're like, it's that idea of like, yeah, just owning a business, uh, which is still still kind of a lofty goal these days. Uh, but like, yeah, they take out a loan. They buy the quick stop. They, they, <laughs> take, they take out control a loan. of their lives. Remember who they take the loan from? It's Jay, oh, Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, yeah, you're right. Remember? They They're do. like, well, we don't have that kind of money. And yeah. Jay's like, well, we do. <laughs> we do. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty great um but yeah it's yeah it's i'm i'm excited or this is good timing because they're filming clerks 3 right now yes uh and this is uh you know it's gonna be i think i assume it's gonna be about the dynamic with their kids um I don't because know. that's where Kevin Smith is in life. Yeah, that's the thing is it all re- it all reflects Kevin Smith. Yeah, um, you know he made this movie in his twenties and Clerks two. He was yeah forties with a kid mm-hmm. and et cetera et cetera. His kids in Clerks two. Yeah, and she's real young. So yeah. he's he's talking about it's that it's Clerks two is about kind of our place where we are right now, mm-hmm. and I think that's I, Kevin Smith. He's a little bit older than us um by maybe 10 years 10 years yeah 
But that's, I think, why our generation gloms on to him because he's he's always talking about being in the place in life that we're entering. Um, right? Not yeah. Necessarily you at. Need, there's a, um, a a musician I really like named uh, Matthew Good, um, and he is like he wrote his album. He wrote his album about high school ten years after he graduated. Right. Because he said I needed a decade to like really really understand what I went through and put it into a broader context. And I think a lot of that that's always stuck with me because I think a lot of artists do that. Where yeah. It's like I need some time to understand what this period of my life actually means to me. Right. And yeah, Kevin Smith is no different. And so yeah, I I you I think you nailed it with like I like I said I don't remember too much of Jay and Silent Bob. I know it's very meta, but I think um, yeah, I think it's going to be another coming of age and it's going to be dealing with the dynamics of suddenly being the authority mm-hmm. uh, and what that means, what it means. It's like, um, I never watched the movie, the other F word, I think it was called. Oh, um, I don't know that one. It's the, the F word they're referring to is father. And it's an, a documentary about punk rock, uh, singers and punk rock bands that mm-hmm. are now have teenagers like i know they they interview i think fat mike from no effects <laughs> sweet <laughs> and it's about i think he's a central part of it and it's about the idea of like oh i guess we're the man now yeah <laughs> and how do you how do you reconcile that how do you deal with the fact that you're now the authority that you were saying fuck authority to mm-hmm. um and that's i think what the jay and Silent bob reboot will be about um another comparison is the i've seen the, this punk band called Coxpire. they have like they wrote all these songs in their 20s about how old people suck yeah and they're still singing them and they're like 60 yeah and it's very it's very funny <laughs> when, they, when they introduce a song where they're like this is about this one's about old people which uh you know we are <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't wait to do that. I'm gonna do a reunion with my band in like 15 years. Yes, we're all old as shit. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm gonna sing all the fucking songs I wrote in my bedroom when I was 20. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Such an> angsty <laughs> bullshit yeah. songs. All this fucking crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think Jane Song Bob reboot because the Jane Song Bob Strike Back. It's it's not really about. It's that closes out that era. As opposed to being about aging, it's about you know, him. Like it's about him going to Hollywood, right? Like, like literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that. Yeah. Part of his life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Are we done? I think so. I think that's. I think that's a Smith. I think so too. I think that went really well. Woo! Um, <laughs> woo! Woo! woo. Um, yeah. So stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to cover the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yes. Uh, and then after that, I believe it's uh, Mall Rats and Yoga Hosers. Uh, I have I definitely not seen Yoga Hosers. Same here. Same here. I'm so excited. But I'll be curious. That got, uh, again, uh, apologies to Mr. Smith if he's listening. That got ghastly reviews. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what it, what it how it turned out. I don't think we have to apologize to Kevin Smith. I think he's a very self-aware man. Yeah, he uh, seems to be. He seems to be. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's, I don't know. Um also, he's probably not listening. No, he probably isn't. But <laughs> the point zero 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 one percent chance that he is. I just wanted to yeah. put that out there. It's very funny because we don't do this with other movies we review. We no. don't directly address the filmmakers. No. Um, so, yeah. Uh, big thanks to at nerd numbers. Yeah, uh, you fucking it's an nerd at sign. numbers. It's an at sign. So I assume that's a Twitter and I'm just not going to look into it. Nah. Uh, because I'm tired. Yeah. And listen, you know? uh, I'm not going to check in unless uh, that English paper you're supposed to write for me is late. Yeah, exactly. You fucking nerd number. We're going to give you a swirly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, folks, this was through our Patreon. And if you go to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed, you can find uh, all sorts of stuff, including some exclusive podcasts. For $5 a month, you can listen to Tom and Jeff Watch Batman Fox Mulder is a maniac and Star Trek, the next Futurama Mm. Uh, for a little more. You can watch movies with us every Friday night. We just closed out the Twilight. Yeah, it was a real struggle. Yeah, it was. Man, Um, those movies are very boring. 
<laughs> I love them so much. They're just, they are aggressively boring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But, I mean, other times not, we watch awesome stuff, like Passenger 57. Exactly. Uh, so, so it... <laughs> It goes both ways. It's yeah. a gamble. It's a, yeah, it, it truly is. You never know p- what you are going to get. The point is we experience it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a family. As a family. Um, we also have a store. Go to GameFlyUnemployed.com where you will find the link to our Teespring store. Uh, yeah. Where we have t-shirts and, and all, all kinds of other stuff. So check that out. Tom, would you believe I'm still getting uh, emails from TeePublic assuming we're we're using them? I would, I'm still I getting... Would, I would believe it, yeah, as, as obtuse as their uh, uh, customer yeah. service system is. They're addressed to Mr. Gamefully Unemployed. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, anyway. Why are you Mr. Gamefully Unemployed? No, I know. I don't know. We <laughs> both, well, it's just because they have my email. That's yeah, all. that's, true. If, that's you, true. if you want, look, if you want me to give them your email. No, I would prefer uh, not to. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah, fine yeah, with yeah. you being Mr. Gamefully Unemployed. <laughs> I want I, I want I want enough distance uh, for plausible deniability. That's fair. In future indictments, <laughs> and uh, there will be there will be indictments. There will folks. be indictments. Eventually, this is all going to come crashing down. Yeah, listen, we're going to be the subject of other podcasts. You know. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. I guess bye. Yeah. Fucking bye. Smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers. <laughs>